into the contest. It's Wednesday, April 13. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee, who's made his way to far north Queensland, laying by the pool. Um, tell me more. It's great to be a little bit of a suntan. Um, by the producer just asked me off uh, off air before we got on the show whether I uh, sunbake in a, in a g-string. I can tell you, I can tell you firmly that I don't. Uh, these days, mate, at my age, I, I, I wear board shorts and a uh, and a rashy, mate. So I, I, I look a bit like a bratwurst sausage, but <laughs> but it's uh, it's good fun nonetheless. Oh, it's a beautiful part of the world, and great to see so many people travelling to far north Queensland after the couple of years that we have had, my friend. We've got a huge show on the way. The Matildas uh, beat New Zealand in Cam. Of course, David Warner came up against his captain and took him apart. And Nathan Cleary, a big contract. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great-tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass-produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. So, Shane, the Matildas, uh, they're, they're crying out for, for tougher opposition, but you can only play what's in front of you. And it was a good win over New Zealand. Sam Kerr, what a surprise. A double for her and Hayley Rasso scored as well. Yeah, once again, Matilda's winning 3-1. Well, they're up 3-0 they're up at uh, before half-time. Mm. Uh, Staffan, he, he's, he's not really that happy with the, the, with the result. He said, mm. of course, you can only beat who, who you're playing. But uh, he was disappointed that we let a goal in. Um, he said New Zealand had no run of play. and We still managed to let a goal in. So he's disappointed with that. Um, he definitely wants, and we talked about it yesterday, he definitely wants some tougher competition. But as yeah. you said, once again, Sam Kerr scoring two goals, Haley Rasso a goal. Look, they, they look good up front. Um, I think defence is going to be a real issue for us against the better teams. Now, what about David Warner, IPL? He built Pat Cummins absolutely all over the joint. Not a bad thing to do, to remind the captain that uh, you're, still, yeah. you're still good enough. And uh, definitely Warner is. Look, it goes back to Warner being dropped by Tom Moody at, at the Sunrisers last year. He was dropped from the IPL. Well, he went out against Cummins' team and smashed 61 of only 41 balls. He's the fastest IPL player to 5,500 runs. Um, and Captain Cummins, uh, none for 51 or 4. He went for 12.75 and over. So, Davey Warner definitely winning that battle. Now, often on this podcast, we talk about Nick Kyrgios because he's, uh, he's such a story when he plays and when he walks off the court, on the court, yells on the court. But this is a fairly unsavory story, this one. Um, Nick Kyrgios, he's just he's given a bit of an insight into some of the messages that he gets. Yeah, Look, I think anyone that has any sort of profile on social media will will agree that some of the stuff that's written about you is, is horrible. Um, the insights he's giving here are the vile messages and even death threats that he's receiving. Um, and he's mm. trying to expose these people. 
I just think he's just using energy he doesn't need to use. I think these these are keyboard warriors. They hide behind the keyboards, and we've talked about them before, Timmy, on this show. But um, I think he should just focus on more of the positive thing, the curious, and not try and worry about exposing the millions and millions of people out there that do this stuff. Yeah, they're faceless people, aren't they? That That's a, that's yeah. the best way to, to view it and just roll on. Now, the Commonwealth Games. Now, I remember uh, several years ago now, 2006, I covered the Melbourne Commonwealth Games, and it was a cracker. That's when John Stephenson won the gold medal in front of a packed MCG. It was a great couple of weeks. And, look, I don't think they had much opposition, to be honest with you. I think they were the only ones going for Victoria, but Dan Andrews has been beating his chest and saying it's going to be a $300 billion affair. 2026 and it's it's got a bit of an interesting twist because it's going to be in a lot of regional centres as well and Melbourne's got some fantastic regional cities. It has and some just some great regional wineries too Tim so we might have to do a, a few afternoon sports in mm. and around those comm games in 2026 um, look 70 years after the, comp, uh, the Olympic Games was held in Melbourne uh, but I think it's fantastic that they will take it to the regional areas uh, and it will inject a lot of money into those areas and particularly facilities for sports people um, in and around those areas. Did you ever carry the Queen's baton? I know you carried the Olympic torch. <laughs> Does the Queen have a baton? Yeah, yeah, the baton. The, bat, the baton is in the messages. In, right. Uh, it's like, I mean, because there's a Commonwealth Games this year as well, and uh, I was out at the Golden Slipper um, and the function that I was hosting, the, the Queen's baton came in. So basically she's written a message that will be read out at the opening ceremony in the UK later on in the year. So, um, But the answer is... Uh, no, no, you're only done the, only done the Olympics. <laughs> As a Trent Barrett answer. Trent Barrett, yeah, after the 80-word-long 80 question. No. All right, this is Afternoon Sports. Stay with us because we do have all the Rugby League and the AFL. That's on the way. Now, Gil McLaughlin, he was quite emotional um, as he revealed that he'll be standing down as the AFL CEO. And to be honest, look, he's been there nearly a decade. You're going to get the people that love him and you're going to get the people that would question whether his job's been a good one. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It is. I am firmly in the, in the, uh, the on the positive side of uh, Gillan McLaughlin. I think he's done a fantastic job at the AFL. Look, he was going to pretend, potentially pull the pin prior to COVID, um, but decided to stick in for those two years, which which turned out to be two of the toughest years probably in the sports administration you'd ever have. Um, I think he's done a fantastic job. He leaves um, the sport in a better place than it was when he started uh, from you know both men and women's football uh, performing well. Uh, there's great work in the development side of things. The TV rights are through the roof, and I think he's done a fantastic job. I'll tell you what, I'd love to see him take the role as CEO of Cricket Australia. Yeah, look, I don't want to be the devil's advocate, but he probably mm. should have given it away before COVID because they didn't cover themselves in glory through the COVID uh, situation. The AFL they really struggled. Look, and and it was difficult because they're they're a truly national game, and they had to try and work out how they made it work in Western Australia, South Australia, and the whole country. Rugby league obviously just marched ahead. Volandi's got on the front foot, but yeah, I suppose all in all, it's has been a reasonable job. Gil McLaughlin and uh, pretty emotional because it's a. It's 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 a lifestyle, not a job. I'm sure the phone going twenty four seven now. Rugby league. Uh, Nathan Cleary uh, signing a big deal. So's his dad. The Panthers have uh, shelled out eleven million dollars. So Nathan mm. uh, signed a five year contract for one point five million dollars a year minimum. Um, and Ivan Cleary another five year contract for a million dollars a year. So 
a big, big uh, statement there from the Penrith Panthers who want to march forward for the next five years with both Ivan Cleary in charge and Nathan leading the boys around the paddock. Yeah, well, they're certainly playing some good football at the moment. No one's uh, brought them down yet, and uh, Brisbane Broncos have them this weekend. Brisbane were very good against the Roosters, mm. but I, I'd find it hard to think that they'll they'll beat Penrith, and, and they won't have Payne Haas or Albert Kelly. They've both been given a one-match ban for that uh, stupid little fight they had. Yeah, silly little fights cost them, I think, $10,000 each as well. And they've been given a one-game one ban for bringing the game into disrepute, and, and that's fair enough, I think. Now, you mentioned earlier Trent Barrett's one-word answer in a media conference. Look, the question <laughs> went for 82 or 83 words. And I, look, I can sort of sit in their chair in my head now that I don't attend a lot of media conferences because sometimes I think they just get bedazzled by the length and complexity of a question. And uh, I think that's what happened here with Trent Barrett. The, you know, there were stats being quoted, and, and at the end of it, he just goes... No. Well, and, and fair enough too. Like, how can you answer an 83-word uh, question um, with, in, with any detail when you've been thrown a, a number of questions already at you? Uh, you you've had a loss and, and you're probably physically and mentally um, torched. And uh, it's just a poor question from, from the journal. And, and, you know, I, I think Trent Barrett, whilst uh, he's having a pretty bad time as coach, I think that's fair enough the way he answered it. Marcelo Montoya, look, he's been playing good football, but uh, the problem for him are the comments that he made in this North Queensland game, homophobic slur. It was directed uh, to Kyle Felt, and uh, he's he's going to pay heavily for it, four matches. And so he should. Uh, the word that he used is not appropriate, and um, it's a word that uh, I think is... is, is horrific and um it's, it's really cutting it's it, it has bad bad overtones in, in every way and uh a four match ban is uh the right ban for, for those sort of comments yeah hopefully he'll go to the room of mirrors and have a good look at himself because he's certainly yep. got plenty of ability on the field now motorsport this was troubling wasn't it this russian driver sacked immediately after that nazi salute on the podium yeah well he's 15 year old and i dare say 15 year old these mm. days wouldn't understand the um the enormity of what he was actually doing and uh, he will now because he's been sacked on the spot um, from go-kart. And this is the way a lot of um, Formula 1 drivers start in go-karts. And if he's any talented, yeah. has any talent, um, that's his sort of uh, route to uh, to be successful. Being sacked on the spot, he's going to pay a heavy, heavy price. But I'm pretty sure a 15-year-old wouldn't really understand the enormity of what he did. He will now. Yeah, he'll quickly, re- yeah. quickly realise the gravity of the situation yep. now. Um, because as you say, uh, it is um, the pathway to the Formula One and other key motor motoring um, circuits is the go karts. So um, mm. yeah, that that's a that's a quite a big story that one. Now the NBA, the LA Lakers, Frank Vogel sacked as head coach after missing out on the NBA playoffs. And I tell you what, they're tough, aren't they? I think it was 17 months ago that they they, they won the title and, um, you know, rooster one day, feather duster the next. Yeah, but you've got guys like LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, gun players. They won 33 matches, lost 49, finished 11th in the Western Conference, and that's just not good enough. Now, uh, you can just say, well, with those players, they should have won. Yeah. Uh, so someone's, someone's got to die on the sword there, and unfortunately it's Frank Vogel. Now, what about John Daly? I've seen these images of him. Now, this is a guy, and it was look, it was articulated in the documentary 
uh, I think it was called Hit It Hard. It was a documentary on um, John Daly's life as a golfer. And this is a major winner, of course. And I think it was 48 million US he won and he spent 75 million. He's there at the US Masters, no doubt selling shirts, not playing. And the images I saw of him with a, with a couple of Hooters girls, he looks like Grizzly Adams. He looks like, remember the show Grizzly Adams? with got that big beard. Oh, it was outrageous. It's uh, absolutely hilarious watching him there. It's a cross between Grizzly Adams and Santa Claus, isn't he? But uh, mm. look, we, we, all, we all knew that Warnie had a good time and he's 52 years. Well, this bloke's had equally as good a time and uh, he still he still continues to, to have that. But, uh, yeah, he's hanging around and um, yeah, he must love the food at Hooters. I, I don't know what it is. I, I've never really, really liked the food there, but uh, he must really love that cuisine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's all about the food. I'm sure it's absolutely all about the cuisine and um, the pina coladas, which no doubt you'll be enjoying up there in North Queensland. Now, what, what story have you got for us? What lovely little yarn have you got to us to finish off with? Uh, you, was it an argument with with Steve Small? Well, no, not really. It was. Uh, it got me thinking um, the battle between Pat Cummins and um, Davy Warner. And it was a game, it was Mossman versus Bankstown many, many moons ago. Steve Small, the former New South Wales opening batsman, was then still playing great cricket, but he was actually our New South Wales coach. And right. so we were taking him on. I was opening bowling for Mossman, and he was opening the batting for Bankstown at Bankstown. And I let him know in, know, know in certain terms that he, he was too old to be playing great cricket. And he let me know that he was going to take me down as well. So we had some, some words in the middle of the pitch. Unfortunately, a ball that I bowled a bouncer at him to try and hit him um, broke his arm, I think, or his wrist. Um, and he was Ooh. sort of taken off to hospital. So I felt pretty bad after that. But about eight balls later, I landed in the middle of my delivery stride on the side of my boot and actually did my ankle. So I was wheeled into the um, emergency at Bankstown Hospital as he was sitting there with his arm in a sling and he looked at me and I thought he was going to abuse me and he just got on the phone and said to his wife, Jeanette, are you still at the bottle, Botlow? And she said, yes. He said, get two six-packs, they've just wheeled Shane in. <laughs> so we sat there for about three hours waiting to get looked at at Bankstown Hospital and we drank a six-pack each. So... Uh, yeah, we, uh, we, both, we both ended the day quite quite happy. Uh, all's fair in love and war. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A thank you to our sponsors. A big thank you. Yeah, a big thank you to our sponsors, O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves you back. And our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. Thank you. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.